0: Okay, we are carrying on our, our short series, um, looking at really who we are as a church. Um, and, and that's really important as we go into this new season, into this uh, new building, um, into meeting and gathering together again, into whatever this autumn has for us. And uh, we're looking really at what makes Jubilee, Jubilee, uh, what is it? What, what really is it about us? And how can we make that really super clear for all of us? And so last week, if you were here, Raj talked about, uh, sorry, uh, Gavin talked about vision. And he talked about uh, our vision of uh, bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. And next week, Raj is going to be talking about our spotlights, our, our kind of 11 or 12 um, areas that we feel we, God's called us to focus on in detail over the coming years. And this week, we are talking about our values. We're talking about the things that make Jubilee who we are and that shape shape who we are as a community. Let me take you back to the summer and particularly that glorious summer of the Euros and watching England get to the final of the Euros, wasn't that amazing? Seeing what they were able to do, um, as, as, a, as some of us who have been watching England for a lot longer will know, that's not always been the case. And uh, we saw Gareth Southgate, this, this manager, was able to make them so successful and play so well and perform as this unit together... Um, And he helped the players understand that it it wasn't simply about doing well. It wasn't simply about how well they could play football on the pitch, but it was about their values, the values that held them together. And, uh, you know, he talked about, he wrote a letter just before the Euros, which was called Dear England, and he wrote this letter about um, where his values came from. He talked about what was more important, even more important than winning, and he was talking about his values, his values from his upbringing, uh, and then his values particularly that were handed down by his granddad. Uh, and it was quite a powerful letter. See, individuals have values. Businesses have values. Uh, sports groups have values. Uh, families have values. And yes, churches, churches have values. And a few years ago, we, we just sensed um, we sensed God speaking to us about this, about this area, and both from people within Jubilee, but also from outside of Jubilee, speaking into us, um, that we should focus not just on the type of things that we were to do, but the type of community that we were meant to be, and our values. And so we we developed over time these. These we values, because they're, they're called we values because, uh, not just to tickle the young people, um, but because, <laughs> it always makes us laugh a little bit, but because they're we values because they're ones that we hold together. They're our values, and they're, they're what we have together as a community. And we have four values. We have four values. Let me remind you of our values. If you don't know them, they are we rejoice. Are they on the screen? Oh, they're on the screen. There we go. We rejoice. We welcome, we inspire, and we go. I think we've got them in Farsi as well. Uh, if you speak Farsi, there you go. And if our Farsi speakers, our value's in Farsi for you. We rejoice, we welcome, we inspire, and we go. And so we're going to look at the Bible this morning. We're going to look at a short passage that I think is going to help us kind of Look into a little bit more how our values are and how we apply them. I'm not going to teach it as we might usually in Jubilee, although the same passage appears in Matthew and a little secret sneak peek. We're going to be looking into the Matthew Can I? We're going to be looking into Matthew week after next. We're going to be going through the book of Matthew. But if you've got a Bible, turn it to Luke chapter 18 and from verse 15, and we're going to be reading a very short passage. The words will be on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. Okay. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So we have these parents bringing children to Jesus. They will bring even their babies to Jesus so that Jesus might place his hands on them so that Jesus might bless them. And some people think that perhaps it was because it was a particular time of the year when actually it was tradition that Jewish rabbis, Jewish teachers would bless children on that particular day. Now whether that's the case or whether it's not, what we see here is that these parents of these children, they see something special in Jesus. They see that he's he's worth getting close to. He's worth their kids, their babies, their children getting close close to. See, our first value, we rejoice. We rejoice. It's about worship. It's about worship. It's not just, not just, and when I say that, it's not just about singing songs for an hour on a Sunday. It's about the whole of life, our whole of lives being about rejoicing together and in our lives. It's what we hold dear. It's what we hold important to us. See, rejoicing means getting close. Rejoicing means getting up close. Like these children were getting up close to Jesus, rejoicing worship is about getting up close to Jesus in a spiritual way that he may lay his hands on us, that he might place his hands on us. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's about getting up close to him. See, from what I understand, there's, there's three at least three Greek words for worship in, used in the New Testament. And one of them, one of them has this emphasis of, of getting up close. I can only do this with Jodie. Getting up close. Getting up close to kiss. It, it, there's this sense of getting close. Drawing up close. That's what worship is about. We draw close. It's not like, rejo- it's not like we rejoice from a far off distance. She's saying that's the closest she has been all week. <laughs> um, it, it's about... It's about getting up close. It's not worshipping, rejoicing from a distance, standing off. No, no, no. It's about getting close. God has, God has come to us. Heaven has invaded earth. God has come close to us. And it's about joy. Rejoicing is about joy and finding our joy in Jesus. You Remember the carousel? If you weren't here, we had that wonderful carousel in this corner here. Our friend Paul Winston and and friends had built it and created it, and this this kind of wonderful sense of joy as the carousel went round, and it had prayers on it from the week before, and there was this sense that actually we rejoiced together on this carousel, coming to Jesus, but rejoicing together. It's a wonderful picture, actually, of what it means to be the church together. It was actually very, very prophetic, as well as being you know, slightly wacky and slightly different. It was very, very prophetic. We come together to worship, to rejoice, um, and be close to Jesus. It was wonderful even this morning to hear languages prayed out, different languages, um, uh, celebrating together. Um, We don't rejoice in English. We rejoice in our native tongues, Mahabba. Uh, Andy and Jill that's my Turkish done Um, it's lovely to see you this morning but we come and we rejoice we come with who we are you know made as different from different nations from different backgrounds different ethnicities we come and rejoice together see our strap line for we rejoice all our all our values have strap lines with them Something about who God is, they're, it's because they're rooted in the life of God. And the strapline for We Rejoice is because God is our strength and our song. And I've told this story before, but just at the start of the first lockdown, um, we, someone got in touch with us about um, a, family, an, a family from El Salvador in Central America who had been moved to the UK. They'd been moved to Middlesbrough at the start of the lockdown. We're talking kind of March, April time. They were moved, this family of seven or eight, I think it is, moved into a terraced house in Middlesbrough with nothing. And so we were being contacted to say, as a church, would you, would you be able to support them? Would you be able to give them some stuff at least? They just had, they had the sandals on their feet. They didn't even have proper shoes, they had sandals, because that's what they'd come from El Salvador, sunny El Salvador in. And uh, could you support them? Can you give them some stuff? And there's some stuff they needed. So we were able to, you know, you guys, us, we, the church, were able to give them um, some food and um, some clothes and some shoes. Uh, and one of the things they asked for was a guitar. And we said, okay, we can find a guitar. And yeah, we managed to be able to, to give them a guitar because they wanted a guitar. And a little later that day after we'd delivered all that stuff, they sent me a video uh, on WhatsApp of the whole family in this tiny terraced house. Worshipping together in Spanish with their guitar. You know they they didn't have much stuff. They didn't have all the stuff I have in my lounge. They they didn't have their their future was uncertain. It still is uncertain. Um, But they could worship together because God is their strength and their song. Listen, that is the same for you and I too. You know, perhaps you are going through troubles. Right now, perhaps you are experiencing difficulty or life as you didn't expect it to be. It's not we rejoice when everything is fine and perfect, it's we rejoice because God is our strength and our song, and He helps us even in the midst of our difficulties and trials. Okay, back to the passage. So, uh, have you heard that phrase? Um, have you heard the phrase, um, children should be seen and not heard? You've heard this phrase? Yep, maybe you've you've heard, had it said to you as a child. Maybe you've used it. You know, in Jesus' day, it was even worse. It was even more severe. They'd be like, "That's that is soft parenting." Actually, no, no, no. D- children had little, very, very few rights. Actually, in the Greek Roman culture, they had even less rights. You could just ignore children. You didn't. What I mean? Why would you? Why would you not? what what can children bring to you i mean they're they're not clever they're they're not strong um they're not they're not they haven't achieved anything they're not interesting at dinner parties why would you show children attention and think that they're significant so the so the disciples the disciples do keep them away they're like no 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 not to jesus not today no 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 no, not to jesus too important And Jesus says, no, no, let the children come to me. Let the little children come to me. So we welcome. That's our second value. We welcome because because Jesus welcomes all. Jesus Jesus welcomes so that people might encounter him, so that people might know him. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, he welcomes. We see that in his life, don't we? We see him welcoming outcasts. We see him welcoming tax collectors and the sick and the poor and the broken. And he welcomes them. He welcome and experience and encounter my love, who I am, my life. He welcomes them in. Now our strapline for we welcome is we welcome because God is love. This is what it says in 1 John 4. It says this, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. See, as we welcome people, as we welcome people on our Sundays, as we welcome people through things like the Hope Foundation and Open Door, through um, perhaps you serve in a food bank or um, on a sparklers team or through our football team, whatever it might be, all sorts of ways, through um, what we'll be doing at Eshwood Square in Middlesbrough. We want people to know and experience and encounter the love of God. But it's not simply, oh, they experience it in some kind of weird, funny atmosphere or vibe. No, no, they experience it through you and through me. They're experiencing the love of God through us. I don't know if you've, um, you know of the uh, famous Christian John Bunyan. Does anyone, anyone know John Bunyan? John Bunyan was around about 400 years ago, um, and he wrote a, fam- a famous book called Pilgrim's Progress. I've tried reading it, and I got stuck halfway through. But there is a, apparently there's an animated version quite recently out, which is really good. <laughs> um, so I, w- I would point you to that. But, but he, also, he wrote also loads of other stuff as well. And he wrote a book called Come and Welcome to Christ. And uh, the whole book is based on what Jesus said in John six thirty seven, which is this. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And he loved this verse, John Bunyan. He, lo- he loved it so much that he had written this whole book about it. And what he says is, he says, look, I think this verse is there in Scripture because, because we fear. Because we often fear. We think, what will, Jesus, will Jesus accept me? Will Jesus receive me? What will happen if I come to Jesus? Will he welcome me? And he says this, and it kind of comes across in his very kind of old English way, because, you know, he was writing a long, long time ago. But he says it's kind of there, as it were on purpose, to dash in pieces at one blow all the objections of coming sinners. To dash in pieces at one blow. Listen, whatever your objection is, you, you might have an objection this morning. I can't come to Jesus. You don't, Jesus, you don't know what I've done. Jesus, you don't know how my life is going. Jesus, you don't know what that person did to me. You know, Jesus, you don't know what I did to that person. Jesus, you don't know how I failed you that time. But the promise of Scripture is, whoever come, come to me, I will never drive you away. It's a wonderful promise that dashes into pieces. One blow, all our, every objection, whatever objection you bring this morning. We welcome because God is love. Thirdly, we inspire. We inspire. See, Jesus was saying, God's kingdom, God's kingdom belongs to little children. And we have to receive it like they do. Now, this is going to make us kind of have to think a little bit and kind of go, okay, what was he talking about there? How are we meant to apply that and take that? And Jesus is kind of saying, look, there's something about the attitude, the outlook, the behavior of children that's to inspire you to live for me and to come to me. See, children, don't they? They have, they have a simple trust that kind of beats my, but what about this? But what about that trust? Um, they are, they, I dress things up. I dress things up to try and make my life look better than it is. Perhaps you do the same. Children don't do that, do they? They just come with it, all hanging out and life as it is. Um, I'm normal. Uh, children are normally hopeful, aren't they? Usually, you know, I'm often me. I'm often cynical. I oh, know that would never work. I oh, know we could never do that. Not children. Children have much to teach us about life with Jesus. I'm in a rush normally. Children aren't. You'll find this if you ever take a little child on a walk. Come on, we've got somewhere to go. We're on a walk. We're trying to get somewhere, and a child is there, kind of, oh, come on, oh, oh, look at the hedge. Oh, oh, look, there's a, there's a caterpillar. No, and I'm like, come on, no, we've got a place to be. Uh, can we talk to that woman over there? Look, oh, okay, let's go and see there. They're just like all over the place, aren't they? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm in a rush. I've got somewhere to be. Listen, I think children have got something to teach us about life and about priorities. And do you know what? I, I, I'm thinking there's more here to this. I think... I think as we come back together, as we're coming back together as a church physically, you know, we, we're noticing that we do need more servers and we do need more helpers in all sorts of places. You know, thank you to anyone who offers lifts to people um, to get over here. It's wonderful. It's such a wonderful way to serve. And there's other ways to serve, like um, welcoming people, literally welcoming people on a Sunday and serving tea and coffee and all that kind of stuff. And, and actually, you know, we need people to inspire and teach our young people and our children. They're all our under-18s. And, you know, we do all the things like DBS checks and making sure that's all safe and all that kind of stuff. And we usually say something like, right, we need you to help our children grow. We need you to teach them to help them grow strong in their faith. And that's true, but, but maybe, maybe there's something else. Maybe actually we need them. Maybe you need to serve so you can be taught by them so that you can be inspired by them, so that you can hear how they pray, so that you can see how they respond to a passage from the Bible and what they think. See, we need to learn from them. When a church doesn't do that, when a church doesn't do that, it it will grow old very quickly. And it will often grow tired, and it will grow a little cynical maybe. And before you know it, actually, there's, there's no new generation coming through. See, our strap line for we inspire is we inspire because God is our Father. That's what parents are meant to do. Parents are meant to inspire their children. That's what us as adults are meant to do. We're meant to inspire children around us. See, parenting isn't simply teach them the rules. Actually, just get them to know the rules, the do's and don'ts, and they're fine. No, no, it's to inspire them, to help them to live for Jesus, to inspire them, inspire their heart. And that's true for us all, actually. That's true for us all as a church family. We're to inspire one another, we're to inspire one another to live for Jesus. We inspire one another as we encourage one another. We inspire one another as we pray for one another. And as we find out about one another's lives and as we live together. You know, I was inspired this week in our home group, in our small group. And someone brought, said something and I was like, I've never seen that before. And I'm leading this discussion. I've never seen what you've brought. We're to inspire one another to live for Jesus. See, that's what discipleship is about. It's what leadership is about, actually. Leadership isn't just kind of lording it over people, do this, do that for me. It's about inspiring others to live for him. Okay, so we're doing well. We go. We go because God is light. We go because God is light. See, the people around Jesus were in darkness about what it meant to come into the kingdom of God. They're in darkness. And um, Jesus here, in, in our story, in our account, brings light. He brings light. This is what he says. This is what Jesus said in John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. But he also said this. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You guys, me, we're the light of the world. Why? Because we have this message about this kingdom that you can come into. And it's not about filling your heads with knowledge. And it's not about how good you can be. It's a kingdom you can come into through trusting in Jesus. Through coming to him. We have this wonderful message of grace and goodness to the world. You are the light of the world. We carry this message of God's kingdom. We carry this message that we're to bring, that you can come into it as a child, as a child would. Don't come with, oh, you're complicated. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah there's arguments. There's, there's discussions to be had. There's things you might want to work out. There's things you want to work through. But, you know, come and receive this Jesus. He wants to welcome you Today. So we go to bring light in dark places and you know what there are regular places they're the regular places we go might be your street your neighborhood your college might be your workplace could be um, somewhere you serve like i've said open door food bank hope foundation it might be the football team it might be something else totally it might be someone you want to invite on alpha help bring them to bring them into, into light, to see Jesus, to come into relationship with him. Because we want, that's what we want, isn't it? We want more people to encounter God's kingdom, this kingdom of light, this kingdom of goodness. We want more people to encounter Jesus, encounter his love, encounter the fact that he gave his life on the cross for them. That he, he didn't die just to show them a good um, a model of love. Now you do your best for me. No, no, he gave his life so that all our, all our sins, all our wrongdoing, all our mess-ups could be paid for. And could be dealt with. And we could know freedom. And know the joy of his resurrection. And know that life in our hearts. And know the strength that he gives us. He gives us his strength. You know, we don't go out. We don't go in our own strength. We go in his strength. We go that the Holy Spirit has come into our lives. And he fills us. And he sends us out into the world. Empowered to go. Listen, as we end here. I want to remind you of our four values. Can we say them together? We don't have to say the strap lines. We rejoice. We welcome. We inspire. And we go, well done, excellent. We, we, we want these things to be running through the core of everything we do in Jubilee. And you know, we've been talking about multiple sites, we've been talking about multiple communities, what that might look like, how rather than just gathering people to one big site in, in Teesside, having different sites and communities of people gathering together. Um, when we do that, as we do that, you know, they might look a little different. They might even feel a, a little different in some ways, but actually we want the feel of these values to be running through every one of those sites, every one of those communities, those four values that run through the core of them. Why? Because actually Jesus has called us to bring the joy news to everyone, everywhere, as Gavin said last week. That's what it's all about. It's about him. I can't remember who said it. As we, as we were in our worship time, someone said, it's all about you, Jesus. And it is. It's all about him. Let's pray as we end. Thank you, Jesus, that it is all about you. Thank you, Jesus, that we come to you even this morning. We, we're coming to you. We're coming knowing that we're accepted and loved. We come as little children would to you. And Lord, that, that verse, that, those words you said, that whoever comes to me, I will not drive away. Lord, I pray, help us to know that this morning. Holy Spirit, come to us afresh. Lord, maybe there's someone here who has never come to Jesus before. Maybe even considered the thought of coming to Jesus and becoming a follower of his. Listen, hear those words. You might have objections. You might have all sorts of things that you think, you know, what about this? What about that? But he says he'll never drive you away. So why don't you come to him now? We would love to help you to do that. Come and speak to one of us as leaders. Speak to whoever you've come with. But come to Jesus right now. He won't drive you away. Listen, that's the same for all of us here however life is going, however your week's been this week, he'll never drive you away. His love is sure and steadfast. And so we come to you this morning, Jesus. you're our Lord. You're our rescuer. And thank you that we find our identity. We find who we are in you. We find life in you. And we find that as we come together and as we are a people, You empower us to live for you. So come, Holy Spirit, and empower us and send us out as people who reflect these values of rejoicing, welcoming, inspiring, going into all the places that we find ourselves this week and beyond. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship. Um, If the band could come up.